We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated on Fan Nation. And joining me on the pod today, we have Ducks Digest reporter Dylan Rubenking, a.k.a. Rube, for those of you that have been listening to the pod for a while now. Um, how we doing, man? We got a lot to talk about in this episode, but we're also coming up on Christmas. Yes, sir. It's a very busy time. Um, just trying to get the last little bit of work in before we're off for the holidays. And uh, there's definitely a lot of work to be done. But yeah, so much uh, news today coming out of Oregon. So I'm excited to kind of dive into it. Before we talk about that, because we are in the holiday spirit, what um, are there any kind of traditions that you have with your family or anything that like you really like about the Christmas season? Yeah. So before COVID, um, you know, a lot of times we've had we've always hosted Christmas at my house. Um, and so we always have like 15 to 20 some people this year, 22 might be the most we've ever had um, with everybody in my family having kids. So, um, you know, when, whenever we unwrap all the presents, we always have like a, um, a Christmas wrapper fight. We always mold them up into, into balls and we check them at each other for uh, a good, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And it was funny cause I had a, I had a buddy of mine that came to town, um, and he he visited us for Christmas because his, his family was out of town. So he was by himself. And so he, you know, everybody started throwing uh, paper balls at him. And uh, he, he got used to it right away. He started throwing them at people he'd, you know, only been talking to for like 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely our favorite tradition is just, you know, throwing throwing wadded up paper balls at each other. And then, you know, throughout the night, picking them up behind the couches and stuff. Cool. They, yeah, every every family's got uh, you know their their own little things that you know make make that time special. So that's awesome. I I really like all the baking around the holiday season and the Christmas carols. I got a crazy sweet tooth, so I had to say that. And then just being around family is obviously always fun. And um, I think the Christmas carols definitely hit differently when they're played in the actual Christmas season, not necessarily during November. Uh, I've made a little <laughs> joke about that on a previous episode. But yeah, man, holiday season is always fun. And um, you were right. You weren't wrong when you talked about things really ramping up for the Ducks. Uh, really looks like head coach Dan Lanning is starting to, um, you know, pick up some steam uh, in the coaching carousel as far as assembling his new staff in uh, Eugene. Um, do want to say that none of these hires that we've talked about yet are confirmed or announced, I should say, aren't official. Um 
they haven't been posted about on any of the social media accounts as of this recording at 3.50 p.m. on Wednesday, December 22nd. But there are reports from, uh, you know, reputable um, journalists in the industry. So we just kind of wanted to get you guys up to speed so you know what's going on and, and talk about kind of uh, some of the names that we're hearing are coming. And then also some people that are leaving Oregon um, to take their talents to new stops. So the, the freshest one that we can start off with here um, is a report coming from Bruce Feldman uh, about Oregon and uh, Dan Landing looking to bring on uh, Colorado cornerbacks coach Demetrius Martin, um, who's also uh, an, you know, an assistant coach out there in Boulder. And he's only been there for uh, two years now and, um, you know, kind of been a mixed result as far as, you know, Colorado's uh, on-field success. But um, I think that Martin's a, a very well-known coach in, in college football and certainly in the Pac-12 when you look at some of his other stops. But I think one of the biggest things that um, really stands out to me with this hire is, is how he has some really strong West Coast ties. And we're, we're shaping up to see some pretty, pretty remarkable recruiting battles in uh, Southern California. Yeah, he's definitely been all over the Pac-12, all over the West Coast. Uh, he's been a defensive backs coach at UW, at UCLA, cornerbacks coach at Arizona, and now Colorado. So, um, you know, uh, he's coached a lot of really talented players. Uh, Fabian Moreau was one that he coached at UCLA, I believe, around that time, if I'm putting my years together. Um, and he's in the NFL, has been for a few years. So, um, yeah, he's, he's done a lot of really good things. I've heard he's a very good recruiter as well. Um, so I definitely think that a lot of people within the Oregon circle, a lot of the fan base has been asking for guys with West Coast ties, guys with Pac-12 ties. And this is definitely a good one um, in Colorado um, in the last couple of years. I think their secondary has been a, a rare strength given, you know, last year they had a pretty good year. But um, and this year it, it wasn't really uh, meant to be for them. But their secondary has been a strength and, um, you know, definitely a lot of a lot of talent that he's he's recruited and developed as well. And you look at the Oregon side of things, you know, their cornerback room is is going to look drastically different next season uh, with Mikel Wright off to the NFL draft and then DJ James entering the transfer portal, uh, assuming that he does end up going through that process and, and ultimately finding a, a new spot for himself to play football next season. Um, you have guys like Triquez Bridges and Dante Manning that are uh, returning next year that have seen some pretty decent action uh, this year, but have been more so rotational guys, but like you said, you know, so important for Oregon to get into uh, the Southern California footprint, that area, you know, the the best teams, not only in the Pac-12, but in the country, really, they have a, a pretty solid presence out there. Um, and I think we talked about this earlier when Lanning got hired, how important it is going to be for him as a recruiter, uh, as a head coach to, to have Oregon uh, winning um, in Southern California. So I think the biggest thing with, with the Lanning hire, I feel like Dylan was how it was kind of a counter for that Riley hire. Maybe not, you know, that wasn't the sole reason for it, but I'm sure that Rob Mullins, when he was looking at it and, and all the the powers that be at Oregon were looking at kind of the things that were laying out for this hire and in the Pac-12, you got to figure if, if USC is building up to to be a, a top competitor with a really good offense, then it makes sense to bring in a guy who, who knows uh, obviously a thing or two about building some really successful defenses. Yeah, I think the defensive part is definitely big. I do think that, you know, losing a, a recruiter like Mario Cristobal and some of those recruiters on his coaching staff, they, they had their work cut out for them. Dan Lanning definitely did. And 
uh, Rob Mullins in bringing in Lanning and, and that coaching staff, they knew they were going to have to try to keep that momentum going because Oregon's been putting together just dynamite recruiting class after dynamite recruiting class. And now with USC on the rise, Stanford's doing a great job recruiting still a couple, you know, a couple other PAC 12 schools like UW and, um, you know, UCLA and Cal, those are still going to get some guys in the, in the Pacific Northwest too. So um, I definitely think that the recruiting aspect, while it's not probably the number one um, reason why Dan Lanning was brought, I definitely think that's, you know, what he brings to the table more so than any other candidate that was out there. But he talked about it in one of his pressers about we need to win the West Coast. That's our top priority. Obviously, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience with that. Um, if I remember right, he was a GA at Arizona State for, I think, a year, a year or two. Um, so that's really his only Pac-12 West Coast experience. But um, obviously, Georgia is a national brand and they've recruited all over the place. So I'm sure he's got tabs on on some of the talent out here. Yeah, just just a final note on Martin before we move on to the the next guy. Um, I think another part, um, another reason I like this hire and a little bit more specific as far as why it's so big in Southern California. And then for this position, if you kind of look at which positions you can find in, in various areas of the country, I feel like in Southern California, you have you know elite quarterbacks. Obviously, you look at Bryce Young, uh, DJ Uyunglele. Um, you know, he was really good coming out of high school and, you know, having a little bit of a tough time at Clemson right now, but he was a top quarterback prospect. Um, and you also have elite skill guys, wide receivers and uh, running backs and then defensive backs as well. Um, you look at Damani Jackson, he's a homegrown guy and he's going to be going to SC. So getting the guy like Martin on your staff is, is only going to help you not only with the defensive backs, but assuming that landing goes with a more holistic approach, like we saw with Cristobal, where it's not just one guy oftentimes recruiting the heck out of somebody. Um, I think that having him on staff for a variety of positions could be really helpful. Yeah, it takes a village. And, you know, once they get that coaching staff, you know, uh, stabilized, I definitely think that, you know, the defensive back room has always been not, not necessarily a priority, but you can tell that there's so much NFL talent that has been recruited and developed the last couple of years. I mean, you look at Thomas Graham, you saw what he did. Monday night, and he absolutely balled out. Um, you know, Javon Holland is up there for rookie of the year contender. Um, Diamandor Lenore has played well for the 49ers when he gets snaps. So uh, Brady Breeze got some playing time with the Lions. So, I mean, they've, they've recruited so many defensive back guys, and even in years past, um, you know, with Chip Kelly and Mark Helfrich. So that's always kind of been a, a really big focus for the Oregon defense is that secondary. So, you know, getting the right guy was, was definitely – um, huge for that. I don't remember if he's going to be, if it's said a defensive backs coach or specifically cornerbacks. I believe it was I just, just defensive backs. backs. Yeah. So okay. we got to see, we got to kind of see what happens there. Um, because as, as many guys as we've seen being reportedly, you know, expected to hire along those lines, um, there's still some names on the staff that we don't know the future of. You know, you look at guys yeah. like Brian McClendon on the current staff, we don't know official word on what he's doing. Uh, Rod Chance, Jim Mastro, Bobby Williams. Um, still a lot of guys that were kind of waiting uh, to see what their feet, what's the store for their futures. So, um, and Rod Chance has done a really good job. And I know that a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of recruits and obviously current players really, really hold him in high regard. So um, yeah, so that's uh, kind of what we had wanted to say about, uh, about Martin um, looking like another uh, big hire once that uh, gets announced for Dan Lanning. And I think another thing is just 
can we talk about how crazy it is, how fast this is coming together and he's not even in Eugene, at least as far as I know, you know, I'm not doing the flight tracking deal, but I think one would assume that he's with Georgia and he's doing all of this remotely, which is pretty insane. Yeah, I definitely, I believe he's in Athens. The last couple of pressers I've seen, I think he was in Athens. Um, and when he was uh, on sports center the other night, he was in Athens preparing and wearing Oregon gear, which you have to think he's probably pulled out an Oregon shirt over a, a Georgia shirt or something. But, uh, yeah, it's it's impressive, you know, the the world that we're in, everything is virtual and he's definitely making good use of that and on the recruiting trail as well. All right, let's talk about the uh, next reported uh, reported hire that we have for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. This was kind of a, a late story Tuesday night coming from footballscoop.com. Shout out to footballscoop.com. They're in the they're under the Sports Illustrated umbrella, which is great. They're doing a lot of awesome stuff and have tons of intel on, uh, you know, the coaching carousel. But the latest reported hire that they're reporting is um, Nebraska defensive line coach Tony Tuioti, T-U-I-O-T-I. I felt really confident going in to say that until it came time for me to, I think I just have too many things on my screen here with all these tabs. But it looks like Oregon's zeroing in on Tony Tuioti. Um, to be the next defensive line coach uh, coming from Nebraska, which would uh, lead you to believe that um, Joe Salavea would is probably not going to be retained um, by Lanning. And it looks like he's really almost probably on track to clean house. But like I said earlier, we got to kind of see what happens there. But um, what, what are some of your thoughts on, uh, on Tony, Dylan? I kind of took the lead on Martin, but wanted to give you a chance here. Yeah, I followed Nebraska pretty closely just because uh, my dad is – somewhat of a Nebraska fan, I guess. He follows it a little bit. So um, I've always kind of paid attention to recruiting. And I've always been really impressed with the way that they've recruited, given their on-field um, struggles in the past few years. I I thought it would be hard these days to recruit to Lincoln, given you know the Big Ten, and they just don't really seem to be on the up and up as much. But the way that they've recruited and brought in talent has been really impressive. And I thought they had a really impressive defense this year. I mean, you're talking about they were three and nine. Yeah, but you know, they didn't lose by double digits once they were in every single game and, you know, including against Ohio state. Um, and I thought their defensive, um, their defensive line and their run defense was a strength of their team. So, um, he's done a lot of really good things in Nebraska in his short time there. He has NFL experience. He was a assistant with the Cleveland Browns for a couple of years, um, was Michigan's director of player personnel. So a lot of really, you know, high quality stops, elite stops, um, coached at Hawaii, played at Hawaii as well. So, um, and he's also coached at Cal. He, he had a really good tenure at Cal 2018, 2017 coached their defensive line outside linebackers, which if you know, Cal, they know, they know defense over there. So a lot of really impressive stops. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, cause replacing a guy like Joe Salabea, you know, just that energy and his ability to recruit and coach and develop, that was going to be tough. I like his background as well um, with with those, you know, recruiting uh, ties as far as, you know, being the director of uh, player personnel at Michigan. I think that was big. I'm trying to look at the, the story that I wrote because I feel like there was something about recruiting in there as well. So bear with me here. Um, see if I can find something here. But I think just the, the other, um, you know, point I wanted to hit on with him is uh, – I think it's it's great that he's got, you know, a, a Polynesian background because you look at the defensive line, a lot of the top guys in the trenches um, do come from Polynesian backgrounds. 
And uh, you're talking about, you know, your Panay Sewell's, your Austin values, as far as, you know, an Oregon, uh, an Oregon uh, perspective on that. Mace Funa, um, Mikhail Afaisi, he's from Hawaii. Um, and that's a, that's a, a talent, uh, a state, I should say, rather, that is, is pretty underrated, I think, when it comes to just how they stack up nationally. Because they get, if you can get, you know, the top player out of Hawaii, I feel like they, because of the whole Marcus uh, deal, you know, with Mariota playing at Oregon, I think a lot of those guys just kind of grow up, not with Oregon as their leader, but that's certainly right there in their ear. And I think that um, having a guy like him that played at Hawaii as well, um, I'm just seeing all the all the positives kind of just keep stacking up here when I'm looking at the reported hire of Tony Tuioti. Yeah, I think the Polynesian thing is huge. Um, you know, you you talk about there's so many guys that um, you know have kind of kind of paved the way, and Mariota definitely at the top of that list. But in recent years, I mean, there's so many guys. Good lord, my light won't stay on. <laughs> I think it's I think it's dead. Anyway, we'll have to we'll have to adjust. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you talk about like the Ohana thing. I've talked to a lot of guys who um, you know said the Ohana thing, and just all the guys that they just kind of embrace that culture at Oregon. Um, and especially on defense, there's so many guys that have uh, have come from that culture. So that's definitely huge. Um, you know, it helps in recruiting, just kind of that having that connection and having that family bond that, um, you know, you always hear them talk about. Joe Salave, I remember him talking about that a lot with with his guys. So um, huge emphasis there. And I'm, I'm happy to see that 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 kind of continues in that defensive line room. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I thought this was a, a notable update as well because um, a lot of there have been a lot of uh, rumors, reports, whispers, whatever you want to call it. It, did, it doesn't seem like there's anything too official out there on it right now, but um, a lot of people are talking about you know a potential connection between Oregon and uh, Tosh Lapoy, who is mm-hmm. the defensive line coach for the Jags. Um, he just had a you know disastrous season this year, and Urban Meyer didn't even make it the whole the whole way through. So you figure that that kind of opens the door a little bit. Um, 
I, I, I saw that this hire was kind of coming through and, and I thought that it maybe would be as realistic that uh, Lapoy were to join um, the Oregon staff, but um, you do need to think about how Matt Polidge is a co-defensive coordinator on the Oregon staff. That's one of the hires that has been confirmed and is, uh, has been officially announced at least on social media through their verified accounts and everything. Um, but maybe the Ducks bring in Lapoy as a, um, as a co-defensive coordinator. And then, I mean, he, he's got just about as much recruiting acumen as, as anybody out there in the country recruiting the trenches. And I mean, he would be another huge, huge hire for landing. And, and it really seems like all the, all the dominoes are kind of starting to fall as far as um, that kind of lining up for him. But that's what I'm going to have a close eye on for sure. Yeah. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN um, shortly after reporting about Adrian Clem, the offensive line hire, which we'll talk about uh, in a minute. Uh, he did report saying the duck staff could have multiple NFL assistants as Tosh LePoy could also be headed to Eugene after the season. That one hasn't been confirmed either. Hasn't even really been reported that a deal is in place there. So like you said, that's been a rumor that's been floating around, but having all that NFL experience um, and, you know, he has Alabama experience as well uh, as Tosh LePoy does. So that would be huge. I mean, you can't really get any better than having NFL experience and Alabama experience at the same time. Um, And obviously you, you know, recruiting goes to the moon in Alabama and development is, you know, he's done a fantastic job. Um, focusing on the trenches. So that would be an outstanding hire, but obviously um, still a rumor at this point. Yeah. And you also talk about the the transfer portal being a place that the ducks have to look. I just, you mentioned Alabama and they've just been absolutely cleaning house in the transfer portal. I mean, my God, uh, yeah. they got um, uh, Henry toe toe last year, transfer mm-hmm. linebacker out of Tennessee. Who's, you know, really slip fit right in slid right in is what I meant to say there rather. Um, and then, they got Eli Ricks, cornerback out of LSU, another Southern California prospect product. Um, you know that we were talking about earlier with with LA just producing tons of top talent. And then just another crazy stat since we were talking about LA that I wanted to kind of throw in there. Max Preps released their final national top twenty five, and I believe Southern California had three of the top five teams in the country. Um, looking at Modern Day, who who took home the number one spot. Um, and then you have Servite, I believe, who is at number three. Uh, some big names to know there is uh, quarterback Noah Fafita, tight end Kian Burnett, and wide receiver Tatiro McMillan. All those guys are going out to Arizona to play their college ball. Got to see them all in person when I stopped in L.A. Uh, earlier on in the fall. Um, but, yeah, and then you also have St. John Bosco at number five, and they've got some really high-profile guys um, you look at Mateo Uyunglele in the 23 class as someone to keep an eye on. So all those, and the more West Coast ties, the better. But if you bring in a guy like Lapoy, obviously he's going to have some ties out in, or connections, I should say. I don't know if ties is the right word, but out in the Southeast as well, which is clearly an area that, um, you know, Oregon's going to want to stay in. But I think it's going to be, at least for me, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more of um, kind of, not a work in progress, but it's going to be a harder thing for them to build up just depending on how the rest of the staff shakes out. But the, the West coast is, is really getting covered well here and, and clearly is a priority for landing based on his hires. Yeah. All three of them so far. And if they bring in Tosh, that would be number four um, as well with the West coast. Um, I believe Tosh coached at uh, Cal and UW and was there at UW for, I believe their playoff run, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Might have been a yeah. Before that. For, you said for Lapoy. 
Yeah, I think it might have been a little before that. I think it was like 2013-ish. Okay. Well, maybe we can uh, double-check that later. Um, but, yeah, we you alluded to the next hire that we wanted to talk about. Uh, this one coming from ESPN's Adam Rittenberg. Uh, looks like Oregon set to hire uh, Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line coach Adrian Clem. Um, who has a, a really strong background working with the uh, offensive line uh, at the highest level and in the college ranks. Um, some notable uh, kind of history here for Clem with Pittsburgh. This is his um, first season, you know, just running the, the show with the offensive line. But in the previous two, he was working as the assistant offensive line coach um, where he joined the team in February of 2019. And then this was kind of a cool stat that popped out when I was doing a little bit of research on him. Um, in 2020, this is from the Steelers website, in 2020, Clem's second season assisting offensive line coach Sean Serrett, the Steelers offensive line allowed just 14 sacks, the fewest by any franchise in a single season since 1982 when sacks became an official statistic. So the guy is obviously operating at a super high level out in Pittsburgh. I feel like Pittsburgh's kind of one of those teams that's a little harder to get a read on because Ben Roethlisberger is so old, um, but they do have a lot of uh, a lot of talented young guys. You look at Najee Harris, TJ Watt, Joe Hayden, I believe, is also on the Steelers, if I'm remembering yeah. that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I know they uh, – don't they have a Pouncey brother on that team as well, or they used I to? Think Yeah, I think he retired. He was their starting okay. center for a while, but I think he retired. And then they got Minka Fitzpatrick as well, I think. So they, there's definitely yeah. a lot of talent there. Um so he's so Clem's done a really good job in Pittsburgh. Um, that report coming from Rittenberg uh, stated that um, he's going to finish the season out with the Steelers before joining uh, Dan Lanning and the Ducks and Eugene. But he also has some pretty uh, pretty good uh, stops at the college ranks, um, mainly at UCLA uh, from 2012 to 2016 as the uh, associate head coach, run game coordinator, and offensive line coach. And then he was also here come the recruiting ties again, or recruiting background, recruiting coordinator from 09 to 2011 at SMU. So you're looking at a guy who's got a very strong track record, um, you know, both on the offensive line, and uh, he knows a thing or two about recruiting, which is great. And he also knows a thing about coaching and developing and being an offensive lineman, because he spent six years in the NFL um, as an offensive lineman with the Patriots for five years, won three Super Bowls there, and spent a year with the Green Bay Packers as well. Um, was a second round pick from Hawaii. So he definitely knows a thing or two about a thing or two uh, with offensive <laughs> line. Um, and I think the number one guy that you have to think about that he kind of mentored is uh, Kelvin Beecham, who's been in the NFL for about a decade now. Um, been a longtime starter at a lot of different stops. Um, and, you know, he's, he's just been chugging along since I think 2012 is when he was drafted. But um, UCLA, if you want to jump into the uh, the West Coast ties, UCLA that, that those offenses broke records. I mean, they were you know single season passing yards, rushing yards, scoring total offense. Um, and the one thing that really jumped out to me was uh, prior to coming to UCLA, they hadn't had an offensive lineman drafted in the NFL since 1999. Um, and while he was there, he mentored seven NFL draft picks and four undrafted free agents that made a, an NFL roster. So. Definitely knows how to get guys to the NFL. So that's going to be huge, uh, you know, for Oregon. Another thing I want to talk about, Dylan, just with, with all these hires, I thought that it's it's interesting to obviously get guys who have had success at the college level, but 
having success at the NFL level seems like it's kind of like a cherry on top because I think it's an interesting dynamic as far as, you know, do you do these college coaches who attain success like a Lincoln Riley at a super high level, do they want to go to the NFL? And then when people get to the NFL, are they willing to come back down to the college ranks? Because I think every coach kind of has a different view on it as like, you know, is it a, I don't think a demotion is the right word, but you're going from the highest level of the game to the second highest level. But um, I think one of the things I really admired about how Mario built his staff is he brought in a lot of former head coaches, you know, Bobby Williams was a former head coach. um, And then, and then Joe Moorhead was a former head coach at Mississippi state. So um, I don't think we're seeing necessarily as much of that with Lanning, but I think bringing in these NFL guys is, is only going to really, really help him. And he's making a lot of hires that we're seeing with uh, guys that are actually older than him, which is kind of uh, probably an interesting dynamic to kind of throw in there since he's such a young head coach. Well, from what I've seen, I don't think they have anybody yet that is over the age of 50 from what I can tell. Uh, not everybody's bio has an age on there, but from what I've seen, I mean, I think the offensive coordinator, Dillingham's 31 and I believe Polo just like 33 or 34, if I remember right. Um, and so that's, I mean, I think Adrian Clem is 44. Uh, I think that's what his Wikipedia page says. I know I'm citing Wikipedia. I'm committing a crime journalistically, but um, that's just what I read. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's impressive that they're going so young. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to build something to sustain success, which I think is you know, one of the big things that Dan Lanning talked about in his introductory press conference was sustained success. Um, and I feel like when you bring in a lot of older coaches who have been in for so long, it kind of feels like, and obviously it turned out this way, but it kind of felt like, you know, they weren't in it to build something for the long haul. Um, just because, you know, there's so many guys that have come in that have been all around, had so many different stops. Um, and I feel like when you have such a young coaching staff that focuses on recruiting, as well as much as it does then i think that definitely shows it sends a message that you know we're he'll, we're here to build something love that love that well we have one more point to hit on here we talked about all these coaches uh coaches that are reportedly coming in to eugene to join dan lanning but we're also seeing some updates on uh coaches and analyst assistants that are uh, heading elsewhere um the last one we're going to talk about here a little group of people i guess i have to say um uh, comes from Bruce Feldman, who we talked about earlier. Uh, looks like um, analysts Nate Costa and Kwame uh, Ajayman, hopefully I'm saying that right, and as well as graduate assistant Jalen Ortiz are all going to be heading to Nevada to join uh, former linebackers coach and new head coach uh, Ken Wilson's staff in Reno. So we're seeing kind of a, a little bit of an exodus, I feel like, of um, – you know, the current staff, like I talked about earlier, it looks like Dan Lane's kind of cleaning house, but we, we got to happens with a couple big names here, but um, Ortiz is going to be the new quarterbacks coach, cornerbacks coach at Nevada. And then uh, Costa worked with quarterbacks at Oregon and he's supposed to be the new quarterback coach uh, at Nevada. So we're seeing a lot of carryover here as far as, um, you know, positions that they coached at Oregon and then where they'll, what they'll be running in Nevada. And it looks like Kwame is going to be the uh, defensive backs coach, I believe. I don't remember exactly. Oh, co-defensive coordinator. That's right. Uh, Kwame is going to be co-defensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's huge that they're all kind of sticking together. Obviously, Ken Wilson worked with all three of them, so uh, he knows what he's doing. And Nate Costa and you know Kwame have been around for 
you know, longer than most of the guys in the coaching staff um, at Oregon, because Kwame has been there since I think 2015. He was hired by uh, Mark Helfrich as a grad assistant, worked there for a couple of years, worked his way up, um, used to be an outside linebacker for Oregon. And then he was a defensive analyst up until getting the, the promotion at Nevada. Same thing with Costa, used to play at Oregon, was a quarterback, um, was a grad assistant for a couple of years. He got to coach Marcus Mariota and Vernon Adams, a couple of pretty good Oregon quarterbacks to coach. Um, and then he made a couple of stops. I believe one was UCLA. I think the other one was IMG Academy, if I'm not mistaken. And then he came back as um, an offensive assistant a couple of years ago and has been there for three years. So, um, and then Jalen Ortiz has been a grad assistant for a couple of years and was also, um, I don't remember what his other stop was off the top of my head. Um, I think it was Fresno State or Wyoming. I believe it was Wyoming now that I think about it. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of experience, a lot of, you know, like you said, focus on those position groups and he definitely knows what he's doing, bringing those guys to Nevada for his first coaching staff. Yeah. Ken Wilson is just getting a really good staff there. Uh, and then we also saw, um, some former Oregon coaches that are following Joe Moorhead to Akron. Uh, Nick Toth is going to be the new DC if I remember correctly. So, Tons of movement still affecting Oregon, and, and we've had all of those moves covered on Ducks Digest, so make sure that you guys stay tuned in there. Um, so, yeah, lots of uh, lots of moves here for Oregon. We're starting to see some, uh, uh, some of that fog, I guess, settling around uh, the Oregon coaching staff as Dan Lanning begins to uh, really fill out this staff with the Ducks. Um, I think that's about everything that we had for, uh, for this episode. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to them before we hop out of here? No, I think that's it. Um, if anybody's tuning in, hope you have a great holiday and uh, safe Merry Christmas. I know, you know, it's the weather's getting kind of crazy out there, so drive safe. Right on, right on. Well, if you guys want to find more of me, you can find me on Twitter at mtorressports. Uh, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Torres, where you can also watch this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Just takes me a bit to upload it, but it will be up there. Just hang in there. Um, and then you can also find uh, Ducks Digest on all the social media platforms. Important to stay locked in there. We're at Ducks Digest on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then I also wanted to plug the uh, Ducks Digest newsletter, which is a, a free newsletter that helps you stay in tune with everything going on with the Ducks. And you can sign up for that by going to my uh, profile on uh, Twitter. Dylan, before we get out of here, where uh, where else can they find you? I think I got just about all your pertinent information in there. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at DRK Sports News. Uh, and I'm doing all kinds of stuff on Ducks Digest as well. So find my articles up there. And then we're doing all kinds of work with the Transfer Portal. I've got that site up and humming right now. Uh, follow us at T-Portal CFB and find our work at the TransferPortalCFB.com. Right on. Well, you guys know where to follow us and, and find us. Um, share the podcast with everybody and we're on Apple podcasts and Spotify, share it with other duck fans. And then, um, like I said, the YouTube video will be up at Oregon football, Max Taurus. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Appreciate the continued support. Uh, it's been a great football season as we kind of wind down here as the ducks get ready for the Alamo bowl. Um, but it's been great and, uh, we're really just getting started here at ducks digest and it's been a really fun time. So that's all we have for this one. You guys. Uh, happy holidays to everybody and have a Merry Christmas. And we will see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Take care. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.